Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Visit our showrooms to see the amazing range of Mercedes-Benz cars or choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you this Wednesday morning. I know I had to check for a second. Is it actually Wednesday? What day is it? We're still all over the place. Anyway, welcome to two hours of just great crack and fun and positivity. You can get in touch. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 1800 658. Let's kick things off with Casey and the Sunshine Band. Casey and the Sunshine Band, give it up. <laughs> Kicking us off this Wednesday morning. You can get in touch. You're already doing so on 086 1800 658. I'd love to hear from you on that. And you can send WhatsApp voice notes as well, which always brighten my day. Love getting them. Now, this is a nice one to start off the show this morning. This is going to tug at the heartstrings. And for me this morning, it nearly had me in a blubbering mess because I do get a little bit emotional with the feel-good stories. But this is lovely. A man who spent 60 years wondering what happened to his best friend from primary school has told how the mystery was solved and they've been reunited. I love this kind of story as well. We actually had a story like this on the show now. It wasn't 60 years, but it was friends that had been in school together, had lost contact and we put them in contact uh, on the show a couple of years back, uh, which was great. That was brilliant. I love doing that kind of thing. But this centres on uh, Michael Morrissey. He is originally from Tipperary. And he was left devastated when his primary school friend, a boy he sat beside in class for three years, suddenly disappeared. So his friend, Tony Hayes, never strayed far from his mind all through his life. And uh, he says, I can remember the first day attending uh, national school in the 60s. It was only a short distance away from my home, a small farm in Foxford, uh, just outside uh, Bansha in County Tipperary. And um, he had this great new friend sitting beside him. Uh, there were four rows of classes, lower infants, senior infants, first and second class in the same room. Oh, my God. That's some teacher handling all those. Uh, they walked home together. They played together in a place called uh, the Honey Pits. That's where this guy, Tony, uh, his friend lived. 
And uh, what happened was that they spent three years in class together and then when they entered first class, Mr. Morrissey's world fell apart when Tony did not turn up for the start of the school year and he found himself sitting alone in a two-seater desk with no sign of the friend. He just disappeared. Nobody noticed or spoke about him or anything else. After a few days of distress, he asked his mother if he knew what happened to Tony and the Hayes family and his mother sat him down and said look as Tony's parents sadly have died they he now has moved away to live with family far away which was the way wasn't it you know you were sent to different relations split up that kind of thing but through the power of social media years later so um, uh, Michael when he was you know retired and he kind of was thinking what am I I'd love to kind of make in contact with this guy I wonder is he still around and he started kind of searching up for him on social media didn't come across him but did come across his sister who of course had Tony's number he was still very much alive and well the two connected he says so I re- the following day after talking to the sister I nervously rang and spoke to my long lost school classmate gone for over 60 years I found my old friend and of course they met up face to face and there's a picture of them I mean come on now what a great story to kick off your morning when you hear things like that isn't like I mean we do go on about social media and we'll be talking about it later on in the show I mean we talk about it being bad for our mental health and all these different things but it does kind of keep you contacted people and it's a great way of tracking people down long lost friends that kind of thing so there you go Tony and Michael 60 years of wondering what happened to him and then he was reunited lovely story Dermot Kennedy there something to someone on LMFM's 11 to 1 now arguably one of the greatest singers of all time has been excluded from the Rolling Stones list of 200 greatest singers of all time and the internet is in a furore over it I'm going to give you all the details of that story plus I've got music from Alicia Keys after these Eleven to one. She's been excluded from Rolling Stone's list of two hundred greater singers of all time. Going to reveal that very, very shortly. The internet is not happy. I can't say it's not Alicia Keys, although I don't know where she is in the list either. Controversial, but here she is on eleven to one with Empire State of Mind. Alicia Keys with an Empire State of Mind. I want to say a big, happy 82nd birthday today. Uh, This is coming in for Anne Smith. And uh, it's coming in from daughter Caroline and husband Paddy, son Patrick and even the dog Lolo. So wishing you a very happy birthday. A lot of people thinking about you, Anne. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Now, it's not nice to be excluded or left out of things. So imagine if you're an amazing singer, like world-renowned, unreal singer. And you're excluded from Rolling Stone's list of the 200 greatest singers of all time. That person is none other than Celine Dion. Oh my God, Celine Dion. My heart will go on and all the rest of it. Well, fans are slamming the audacity, the audacity of the magazine. uh, Because of course she's an icon, well known for her powerful vocals. She sold over 200 million records worldwide. Uh, She's got a whole host of awards across her five decade long career. Grammys, you know, honorary doctorates in music. So many, so many. She's not on the list. She's not on the list of 200 best singers of all time. So that's quite controversial. Who is on the list? I hear you ask. Well, look, at I'm not going through 200, but I can tell you the couple here in the top, right? 
So let's kind of make it dramatic and go for the top 10. So you've got number 10, Al Green. Yeah. Otis Rending is number nine. Beyonce. Yeah. Okay. In there at number eight. Stevie Wonder, number seven. Six for Ray Charles. Mariah Carey is number five. Billie Holiday is in at number four. Sam Cooke, number three. Whitney Houston, of course, number two. And Aretha Franklin for number one. Okay. That's all fantastic. But like, you know, Celine Dion, not only is she not even in the top 10 or 20, she's not in the list at all. So what have Rolling Stone said? Because, uh, of course, they're going to be accept- expecting this um, backlash. They say, before you start scrolling and commenting, keep in mind that this is the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Ah, come on now, Rolling Stones. Talent is impressive, genius is transcendent, they wrote. Well, yeah, maybe, you know, Celine Dion, genius that she is, doesn't need the Rolling Stones list. I don't know, but it's crazy. Uh, I can tell you, though, that you 2 frontman Bono and uh, Belfast's Van Morrison are in there. They are in there, uh, which is great. Bono is the 140th spot. Uh, he's praised for pushing his voice to every extreme. Uh, you've also got, but he's ahead of people like Barbara Streisand and uh, just one ahead of Christina Aguilera um, as well. Freddie Mercury's in there at number 14 as well. Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, okay. Uh, phenomenal, like phenomenal, but no Celine Dion. I mean, I just, I don't know. That's craziness. Craziness from Rolling Stones. And then they just say, they say it's the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Well, now, come on. I would, what would like? Where would you put Celine Dion now in greatest voices list? I mean, like if it's a voices list, you know, you should be talking about everybody. I could even enter the greatest voices list. Come on now my sultry tones. I don't know. I don't know. Craziness. But of course the internet's not happy. They are not happy about Celine Dion being left off the list. I don't know. God love her. God love her. That's all I'll say. Anyway, moving on to somebody that definitely is a fantastic singer. I don't see a mention of him here either on the list. But uh, you know what? He's good enough for 11 to 1. That's for sure. There's Brian Kennedy for you. There's Brian Kennedy. A better man on LMFM's 11 to 1. I can think of no better woman to get a statue erected in her honour. We are going to be talking about the phenomenal trailblazer Deirdre Gogarty because uh, this is something that has been on the go now for the last little while. It's the Deirdre Gogarty Legacy Committee was set up and uh, the chair of that is Monster Boys native Kieran MacGyver. It's really his thing. It was his idea, his kind of seed of an idea to have a statue erected for Drogheda boxing legend Deirdre Gogarty. That is very much becoming a reality, which is very, very exciting. We're going to be chatting to Kieran about the new developments in this just after these. What started out as a small idea has now grown and is very much becoming a reality as it seems Drogheda boxing legend Deirdre Gogarty will have a statue erected in her hometown where her boxing journey began in the 80s. The Deirdre Gogarty Legacy Committee set up by Monaster Boyce native Kieran MacGyver, he's host of the Boxing Bands podcast, are delighted to announce that they have found an artist who's thrilled to come on board and create this statue of Deirdre and Deirdre herself is thrilled that this is another step closer to the statue becoming a reality. I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Chairperson of the Deirdre Gogarty Legacy Committee, Kieran MacGyver. How are you getting on? Uh, good, Sinead. Good to talk to you as always and uh, thanks again for, for having me on. Great to have you because uh, this is uh, very much becoming a reality. It's very, very exciting. But tell me how this all started because this was kind of, was it sort of a throwaway comment you made or was it kind of a seed of an idea that you had? 
Uh, yeah, I suppose it was throwaway at the start, <laughs> and, uh, and then it kind of grew legs where I thought, um, I I don't know, like I, I just I suppose I really was passionate about it at the time. So when I found out about Deirdre originally, probably about two years ago, um, and then I did digging on her, and then I understood that last year, twenty twenty one June thirtieth was the anniversary of her first fight, which was the only the first fight between two women on the island in Ireland um, and even though it wasn't sanctioned and then as I looked more into it and then I interviewed Deirdre I was like God like this this, this really seems like something that we should be really proud of in the town and uh, you know we have obviously everyone knows we have statues already um, and one of Soxburn who's a Olympic bronze medalist and I said why aren't we recognising a legitimate world champion and the first from the island from the town uh, who was a woman who was the first to lace up a pair of gloves and to turn professional and win a world title for the country and someone who Katie Taylor wrote to. Like, everyone is ranting and raving about Katie the last 10, 15 years, which is rightly so, who paid yeah. away for so many amateurs. Um, but Katie herself um, had her own idol. We all need idols and, and Deirdre was hers and uh, Deirdre also paved the way for Katie and you look at the, what Katie's done now, potential Croke Park fight, um, like it seems only right that we should be as a town so so proud Oh completely um, because like until it. until you joined me on the show you know around about it's over a year at this stage I had oh, no yeah. clue who Deirdre Gogarty was now that that's you know for somebody that's not really into sport okay so never mind that but people who <laughs> don't who are into sport had only kind of a vague notion of who she was or might have heard her name in passing that kind of thing but Trailblazer is perhaps the most fitting description for this woman she has left such a, a an amazing legacy that we need to really honour Oh, it, it, like, and trailblazer, like, there's so many pinpoints that you could pick out in a career that, that marked the way for so many, not only uh, female fighters, uh, boxers in Ireland, but around the world. So if you think about it, like, she was the first on the island to, to, to fight in a, a boxing bout between two people, uh, her and Anne-Marie Griffin, who you met, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, when she went to America, w- once she turned professional, that was the first ever officially first ever to turn professional from the island um, and then she fought uh, Christy Martin on the the first female all-female bout to ever take place on a pay-per-view card which is between Tyson Fury oh sorry Tyson Fury Mike Tyson <laughs> and uh, and Frank Bruno and after that her and Christy Martin had to fight even though she lost it changed the face of the way people saw female boxing because no one wanted them on their card no. but after that fight um people actually realise right, right okay these women can actually fight and then there was a big big cry out then for females to go on cards and they were paid a lot more and then the year after she fought Bonnie Canino and became the first ever um, world champion uh, professional female boxer from the from the island as well in beating Bonnie so uh, all these things and then of course she was recognised internationally by the Women's uh, Boxing Hall of Fame uh, when she was inducted into it and in, I think it was 2014 2015 so worldwide in terms of boxing she's been recognised but we haven't recognised her here yeah absolutely um, and, and, and you know when you think as well like you mentioned so many amazing uh, achievements but you know you think even back to her a plucky woman you know uh, in, a, in a really much a man's world like this was illegal this was illegal to fight women to fight uh, uh, you know here in this country and this woman decided that she was going to put herself out there so much so that she went on the radio looking for a fight didn't she yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, amazing, yeah, amazing. 
Uh, like she went everywhere. Like she was constantly pushing. So uh, Pat McCormick, the late Pat McCormick, John's brother, who you also met. Uh, like she used to push him all the time, trying to get his, get his connections, get him a fight, and uh, get her a fight. And uh, ultimately, like like the 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 things that used to the, the answers she used to get back when she used to apply for cards, she used to send it letters to different promoters, and what she would get back was. Um, like uh, offer says no, we won't put you on our card, but we also we have an offer for you for women women's topless boxing and oh, wrestling and stuff like that. Like that's how big the gap was back yeah. then. Yeah. But eventually she went on the Pat Kenny show looking for a fight, and uh, that's when obviously she fought in Limerick against Amory Griffin, like because the person who was running the show was actually a kickboxing show and a kickboxing coach, and he then uh, ultimately then offered her a slot for a boxing fight. Absolutely, and and meeting Anne Marie was, you know, amazing to meet her, and to she had so many, you know, memories from that day on June thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine, at the back of a Limerick City pub. It was kind of rainy; uh, it wasn't the best conditions. You know, she she was uh, she decided to fight barefoot. Anne Marie did because of being a kickboxer, she wasn't used to the to the shoes and all the rest of it. And uh, she said, "My God, when this woman, Deirdre Gogarty, entered the ring, I just knew, I just knew." <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. She's such memories of it, and she, she, to see her here in Drogheda back in October, supporting this and really championing Deirdre is is fantastic. And she's not the only one because you know a lot of uh, Deirdre's opponents in the ring over the years have expressed huge support for this campaign. Oh yeah, lots of people. Yeah, um, like we've had many people from the boxing background. Um, coming forward so Katie of course like Katie Taylor's team have been great for Deirdre and uh, they're trying their best to, to get associated with, with some sort of a fundraiser um, but obviously Katie at the moment is a very busy person and, and a very private person as well with fights coming up uh, but she's backed it uh, Christy Martin her former opponent of course um, who's actually promoting uh, shows now herself um, and then I saw that actually yeah that's amazing yeah yeah, and then uh, like she has her own uh, Netflix uh, piece um, on um, on her career and her life, uh, and Deirdre is actually in that as well. Uh, and then of course uh, Jane Couch, who was the first ever to um, become a professional in the UK. But the reason why she turned pro was because of Deirdre, because of the inspiration that she got from Deirdre, um, yeah. and she had a very very public uh, tribunal with the. Um, with the British Boxing Board to get her uh, license, like so, all these people like Deirdre sparked that. And God only knows what what would come next. And and as you rightly say, the likes of Katie Taylor, aged eleven, writing to Deirdre and that letter being, you know, thank you so much for showing me that. It was great to see, you know, this young uh, uh, boxer who's you know dreaming of maybe they one day they'll let us fight in the Olympics. I mean, you know, something like that is is amazing to see. But th- things are progressing uh, even since October, since we launched. Uh, we have managed to secure a very talented artist who is very excited to be working on the statue and in fact this lady's work is already visible in the town oh yeah yeah so Laurie Dizengrammel uh, so Laurie uh, has done the statues in the town of Joe Marr and of course Oxburn uh, Laurie like like, and you know yourself from speaking in our committee meetings we were choosing uh, between her and, and another sculptor uh, but Laurie, like from the start when I spoke to her like she was just so excited about the possibility and she she kept 
<laughs> she's a very eccentric person and she's uh I think one day she video called me three times in one day, even though I was on walk going, <laughs> Oh, I just thought about this for the statue and this and this, you know, like she, and I could see the passion in her. Um and from speaking to her, like I think it was a no brainer, like she's done Number one, we can trust her because she's done the statues in the town already. Yeah. Our experience, uh, like like last year, she did a uh, one of Frank the Bomber Pierce, a famous uh, British champion. Yeah. If you look at that statue, it's fantastic. But she was putting a deadline of, of eight weeks to do that statue and she got it done. Oh, she's certainly a woman that can work uh, under pressure, and yeah. and her track record, as you say, definitely it, it, it speaks for its for itself. And you're in regular contact with Deirdre, who is living in the states, and no doubt she is just so excited about all this development now. Oh, very, very excited, yeah. Um, especially with Laurie doing it because, like, Deirdre really looked up to to Soxburn, yeah. uh, when she was in the town. So uh, that's very exciting for her. So Laurie and her have been speaking quite a lot. And oh, very good. Laurie, Laurie is actually going to fund herself. Because wow. how much it means to her. She's going to fund herself flying out to visit Deirdre in Amazing. March. And Deirdre has her own um, boxer that she looks after who's who she says is around the same size oh, great. as Deirdre around that age. And so Laurie's going to stay with her, um, take pictures of both of them. She's good. Deirdre still has her kit from that day that she won the World Cup. Of course she does. And the, the, <laughs> the young girl is actually going to put on the kit. Amazing. They're going to put her in different poses and they're going to take pictures. So that's that's very exciting. And then, uh, of course, Laurie then is going to make a small version of the statue out of that, which we can show people in the town. Once we well, this the is money, the thing because this is a, going to look like. yeah, it's a huge, huge undertaking. Uh, it's a costly business. Uh, the the committee ourselves have set up this GoFundMe to help with the cost. Uh, it's you're talking like we have a hundred thousand of a of a goal, but we're trying not to focus on the goal too much because donations are trickling in, and I have to say we've had some very big donations and a lot of generosity so far. Yeah, yeah, like we. Officially now at the moment, I think we have about 16,000 like because they've come in from different That's uh, amazing. areas. So, mm. so GoFundMe and uh, donations from uh, bank accounts and stuff like that from like businesses around the town and whatnot and uh, like Amazon, Gleason's Pub. But we're really, really happy uh, with those big donations like 5,000 from Amazon, 5,000 from, from Gleason's um, and then uh, Councillor uh, Joanna Byrne and then, of course, GoFundMe has been going great. Like, like the, the small, whatever donation we've got from, from, from GoFundMe, and some of the donations are incredible. Like, yeah. um, like, we really are grateful for every single penny that people put towards it because, um, you know, it just shows how much it means to different people. But, look, we do have a, a, a good while to go. Yeah. But I, I'm excited. Like, like, I was only speaking with Natalie Kelly from Drop the Dogs yesterday. Um and obviously, everyone knows what she's like for for fundraising, and she's been very busy. Uh, yeah, herself and the dolls the managed to raise sixty thousand euro over the yeah. Christmas alone, which is amazing. So having her on on board is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and she she got on to me yesterday, and uh, uh, it was which was quite nice. And she said, "Look, uh, now that this fundraiser is over for for Christmas, now you have my full." A hundred percent amazing the attention and and support and uh, that that was great to see great to hear she was like look let's let's get it up let's get it up so um this we're meeting now in the next couple of weeks so we're going to plan ahead uh, for all the fundraisers we're going to do over the year uh, potentially white collar event and draw uh, and and many other things as well but uh, obviously we'll 
they'll be coming in due time. Yeah, and people can keep up to date uh, with all the fundraising efforts and ideas and everything else on the Deirdre Gogarty Legacy Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter, that kind of thing. Uh, I ha- I will be posting a link to the GoFundMe as well on our social media oh, yeah. any- anyway later on. But Kieran, exciting times ahead. It's great to see this is uh, taken you know further down the line uh, with the artist involved and the the miniature statue going to be created and the donations coming in. Uh, I thank you so much for for updating us today. No problem at all. And, and another thing just to add, uh, if the statue goes up soon, it'll be the first in Europe of a life-size uh, female boxer in Europe. Oh, amazing. Uh, so so the first now the first in the world was Mary Com from India, a bronze medalist in the Olympics. She only went up in December. So we're not far behind. So we're only, only the second in the world to have one. So Amazing. Yeah. That'd be great yeah. for Drada. It really would. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Kieran. thank you so, so much for joining us today. All right, thank you very much, Sinead, as always, for having me on. Thanks a million. Uh, We'll keep you up to date as this goes on. Uh, Myself and Kieran and Natalie and Joanna and uh, others are on this Deirdre Gogarty Legacy Committee. We're going to keep pushing for this. We're going to keep going. We really want to get this statue of Deirdre erected in the town. I will post the details of the GoFundMe, but if you feel like donating anything, and I know things are very, very difficult for people, but anything at all, even a couple of euro, whenever you can, it's GoFundMe.com and if you just even search for for Deirdre Gogarty, Gogarty Legacy Fundraiser. That would be so, so appreciated. We're going to take a quick break and we're back with music from Westlife and we're going back in time. Oh, 11 to 1. Oh, now it's time to go back in time, not too far back. We're going back to 2021. LMFM Northeast Update. With Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this date in 2021, the first Oxford and AstraZeneca COVID 19 vaccines were given to the general public, with 82 year old Brian Pinker in the UK being the first to be jabbed. And today is Tom Tum Day. Yeah, its name was Charles Sherwood Stratton. He was born as a little person in Connecticut in 1838. He ended up being extremely famous and even performed for Queen Victoria. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie No one knows about the things that I've been through with you There were times I'd drive you nearly mental But when your man just still beautiful there's Westlife, hello my love, on LMFM's 11 to 1. Still to come on the show, Love Island bans contestants from social media. Influencer and entertainment reporter Thomas Crossy is going to be chatting to us. Plus the first date's restaurant is back open. That's all to come. Oh, LMFM. 11 to 1. There's the weekend, blinding lights kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. Unfortunately, the weekend does seem like miles away. It's only Wednesday. I know, I know. It's a bit more of a struggle this week, isn't it? Getting through the working day. What is all this wearing normal clothes, standing upright and talking properly? I don't know what it is. I don't, and we're eating properly as well. No more no more sweets and celebrations and things like that. Anyway, uh, one thing we can look forward to in the next while, actually tomorrow night, is good telly coming back on. 
uh, you know, we're kind of sick of the Christmas movies now. It's time for some good television and great television in the form of First Dates Ireland. It's returning to our screens and there's a brand new bunch of singletons on the lookout for love. Yeah, I mean, this is whoever came up with the concept for this show is just a genius. It's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it really the team, I think, the team in the restaurant make it. And of course, head of the team uh, is Matteo. He's going to be returning and it's series eight of the dating show. And the first episode, we will see best friends Ashling and Naomi. They are ready for an unforgettable double date. I don't think they've done a double date before, have they? On First Dates Ireland. Oh, I'm loving that now. Uh, Ashling is matched with insurance underwriter Ross from Dublin. And a few tables away, Naomi unleashes her best moves on marketing executive Brody, who grew up on a sheep farm in New Zealand. So I can only, you know guess the conversation <laughs> that's going to happen there. Also, there's going to be a multi-instrumentalist, Gary from Wexford. Uh, he's uh, teamed up with line dancer and marathon runner Mary from Galway. And then car enthusiasts Colm and Surika will also be meeting for the first time on the night. But we'll have to see who's going to hit it off. So First Dates Ireland tomorrow 9.30 uh, on RTE2, 9.30pm. Uh, and, you know, tomorrow on the show here, we're going to be talking... TV recommendations. I'm going to have to delve now into Netflix past all the Christmas fair and have a kind of a really good look now at what's going to be coming up in terms of Netflix and TV and all that kind of thing for tomorrow for the TV recommendations for 2023 because there's a hole in my life now because Escape to the Shadow has finished. I watched the last episode. I know over the Christmas I mean there was lots of tears. That show is just everything that you want in heartwarming positive, just gorgeousness. And who doesn't dream of, do you know what I mean, doing up in a chateau in the middle of France, a crumbling chateau and transforming it. I mean, I say I dream of it. I don't actually want to do it in reality. I want somebody else to do up the chateau and then I'll just move in, you know. But it's left a hole in my life. So I'm going to need something to fill it. So tomorrow, TV recommendations on the way. Uh, but back to today and back to celebrity news now. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. The Apprentice is back on the BBC this Thursday night. The series will be slightly different this year with the 18 candidates completing their first tasks on the Caribbean island of Antigua. Two Irish contestants, Emma Brown from County Kildare and Mark Darcy from Dublin, are taking part in this year's Apprentice as tycoon Alan Sugar hunts for his next business partner. I will go to absolutely any length to win this investment. My motto is life is a waste of time and time is a waste of life. So if you get wasted all the time, you'll have the time of your life. If I wanted an easy life, I'd send the whole bloody lot of you home now. Aaron Taylor-Johnson has reportedly met with producers for the role of James Bond. The actor starred in Bullet Train alongside Brad Pitt last year. Rumour has it he's already spoken to Barbara Broccoli from the Bond franchise. Other actors in the running include Killian Murphy, Henry Cavill, Henry Goulding and Idris Elba. James Corden has revealed why he's leaving his late night US talk show. Speaking to Drew Barrymore, James revealed it was for family reasons. I was filming on a Sunday and I came downstairs, it was about 6am, and my son, who was 10 at the time, was sat on the stairs and he said, are you working today? And I said, I am. And he said, I thought, but it's Sunday. His face just kind of dropped. I called my wife, Jules, and I said, I've realised, best case scenario, we have six more summers where Max is like, even remotely wants to be around us. 
and I cannot waste another one. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Ah, uh, you have to admire James Gordon for that now. Ah, uh, you do. Family comes first, absolutely. Uh, I'm loving the Bond news. We will get into that with uh, with Niall O'Brien on, on Friday. would love to hear what his take is on the whole, you know, is there going to be Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Henry Cavill, all these people for Bond, one, wondering what he thinks about that. Crossy will be joining us again very, very shortly because in a move that nobody was expecting, producers of Love Island have asked contestants of the new winter series to suspend their social media accounts. Crossy is an entity entertainment reporter. He's also got a huge following on social media. He's an influencer. He's from Navin, so he's going to be chatting all about that very, very shortly. But first, back to the music. Here's Blondie. There's Blondie one way or another. Now, I think a lot of people are surprised about this, but producers for Love Island have asked contestants of the new winter series, which is starting, by the way, on the 16th of January, to suspend social media accounts whilst they're in the villa. It's all part of their new duty for, of care. I'm going to be getting Thomas Cross's opinion on this. He's an entertainment reporter with us here. He's a social media influencer with a huge following. Going to see what he thinks of this. We're going to join him after these. Oh, 11 to 1. Oh yeah, it's back. In a move though that nobody was expecting, producers of Love Island have asked contestants of this new winter series, which is coming up on January 16th, to suspend their social media accounts whilst they're in the villa. This is all a part of ITV's duty of care overhaul for the series. I'm not sure how this is going to work out for the actual contestants who are hoping for, you know, endorsements and deals and all that kind of thing afterwards. Joining me now to discuss is entertainment reporter and social media influencer Thomas Cross. Crossy, he's from Navinny's on the line. How are you getting on, Crossy? Happy New Year um, to you. Happy New Year. Yeah, Jesus, back to the swing of things. What back in this... Back to the swing. Absolutely. Uh, Now, I have to say, I was really surprised by this move by ITV. What do you make of it? I think, you know what? It was bound to happen. They've got away with it for so long that they kind of let it free for all. So if you look, if you're going on Love Island, just say last, when was it? Last May. Yeah. You could have said to your nearest and dearest, whoever it is that you're, that internet savvy person to say, right, do a couple of deals for me. If I mention a certain brand, if a brand comes to me, you make the deal, make sure ITV get a cut of it. And by the time you come out, you've got a fully fledged plan, whether it's with a PA or whether it's with an agency. And I think Love Island had started to realise, you know, this is getting out of hand. We don't have control over this as much as we probably do. They're probably more famous they're probably famous before they even get in. You know, like they usually have 100,000 followers or 50,000 followers. And then all of a sudden, the barrage of complaints or people going crazy goes after them. And then there's family members who, do you know what, who never have social media accounts and are yeah. just watching it and kind of going, oh God, if we post this, we're getting DMs, we're getting horrible things mentioned or said about me. And I think as well, um, just before Laura Whitmore quit, Again, she kind of threw uh, Love Island with a bus. Oh, she, she threw said, a massive grenade when she left, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She said, I can't. And she's, you know, she, in fairness to her, she's right. She's got morals. She says, I can't be here saying, I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, and I hate saying the word woke. Like, Laura's not woke. She's sound. But yeah. there are things where she, you know, would be like, no, I don't agree with that. Yet she's flying over to, over to wherever it was, the Mallorca, 
and then doing everything opposite to what mm. she believes in. So fair enough, she's decided, I'm done with this. And I think Love Island then had to go, right, how do we, you know, reinvent the show? What do we do? And I think it's a good idea. You know, yeah. I think it's, I think it really is a good idea that we don't get to see what happens. You know, there as of now, I would say, because of what, it's gone nine, ten days, the 16th of January. Yeah. That there, everyone who's going to be in it is already in South Africa and their Instagram accounts are, are just dormant. They're just, their last post was probably the New Year's Eve and yeah. that was it. Yeah, and you know, they've, they've put it all under the umbrella of duty of care, but you're bringing up some interesting points there about the endorsements, all this stuff that's kind of kickstarting before they actually even go in there, uh, which is very, very interesting. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I didn't even think of that, Crossy. Yeah, uh, it's mad. But, uh, you know, as, a, as an influencer, though, yourself, you know, there's there's a huge amount of work that goes into putting up the right son, sort of content, you know, growing the following. Like, would you notice a drop now in followers if you decided not to post in a while? Yeah, I'm terrible for posting stuff. I go through a phrase of like posting a load of photographs and then you'd notice everything getting higher or big engagement. And then you stop posting stuff and then all of a sudden you're going, oh, what's going on? Why is no one talking? And then you realize, because you're the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok, it all goes by your algorithm. The amount of engagement you get, the amount of feedback you give to people, if you're chatting to people, if you're having a crack with people, that's what makes it. Okay. I, 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 I think Love Island are kind of going, you know what, let's kill this, let's burn this for a while now. And then when they when they leave, at least then, you know, we'll be able to manage it a bit better because this year for the first year, there's actually going to be people teaching the Love It's probably actually happening right now. Yeah. Teaching the new Love Island contestants about things, you know, about relationships, about mm. when someone says no. And you may think that sounds stupid when someone says no. We all know when someone says no, they mean no. But when you're in, like, when you're in that villa on your own for, what, 60 days and... Yeah, a man or woman, whatever it is, you know, you're you're you might get blurry yeah. about certain things in there, and I think Love Island this year need to make sure that doesn't happen because they kind of slipped back into the bad form last year. Oh, the movie nights. Yeah, the infamous movie nights we're talking about where all the kind of misogynistic behaviour kind of really was amplified, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know what? That's Love Like they're trying to make good TV, and we're just we're we are just as bad for watching it. Oh, yeah. You get me? So we're, you know, as much as, you know, we we can stay here going, oh, I can't believe they did that. We wouldn't be watching if it wasn't for that. Does that make sense? Like, there's, it's mad because a friend of mine used to work in Made in Chelsea and uh, I remember a friend, another friend that I know was like, oh, God, Jesus, is he not a story writer? And I was like, yeah, because these shows have story writers. Yeah, of course. They know what the story, like, so they know what is happening in Love Island. Before the before the contestants go in, because they're looking for someone who's you know flamboyant. They're looking mm-hmm. for someone who's mighty. They're looking for someone who's a bit shy, and then they slot these characters into these shows, and then they just hope for the best and hope that you know who they've cast are the ones that they're looking for. Absolutely, and you know I do think that this is good. The the training is around as you mentioned, their mutually respectful behaviour in relationships, yeah. and uh, you know as you rightly say, most of us look at Love Island and we see it for what it is. It's reality TV, but you know it's a huge, huge younger audience as well watching this. There's lots to say, you know, mams and daughters watching this. It's kind of a weird one, Love Island, but uh, you know <laughs> they're they're taking in all this behaviour, you know, uh, as being acceptable. So I have to say it's a very important move, and I think it's. Good that myself and yourself are publicising that they are actually doing this as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it was it was a massive shock online last week when it was announced. People went, oh, wow, they actually are going to do it. So it will be interesting uh, for people who do watch the show. Uh, I don't know if you know that when it comes to reality TV shows that the TV channel usually gets better at 20% cut on every deal you make for the right. year after that you've been in it. So I didn't actually they got, know that, yeah. You know, whatever it is. Love like Love Island still makes that money. So like if they, you remember when there was celebrities appearing in Navin for you? I don't know about that one, but you know you'd always see celebrity oh, yeah, appearances and they everywhere. They pop up in uh, nightclubs and stuff. In yeah. nightclubs and all yeah. that sort of things. The the likes of Love Island. I know it was massive for Big Brother. I know there was one person who was on Big Brother before, and they were offered to go back into it again because they caused mayhem in it. Yeah. I think they were offered to go back into the celebrity one. And there was that thing where Big Brother were like, right, you can come back in, but we're not paying you a fee, but we'll only take 5% of what happens afterwards. Wow. They told, they told them to get lost. They were like, no, you're grand. I, I, I don't need it. But that, it, it's, it, it's so interesting knowing that part of the show. Yes. That it's such a money maker for everybody. And, you know, and people do buy, like I was in, I was in Blanchestown Shopping Centre for Eck and Sue. What, I don't know what the name of the brand that she was involved in. She just so happened to have that brand in her makeup bag. And they saw, I was like, Jesus, I can't believe she's actually, you know, she uses our yeah. makeup. And now she's the face of this brand. Oh, she okay, was so over, she opened up some shopping centre, some shop or whatever, yeah. there a couple of months ago. So there's so much business to be made in it. And they've only such a short time to do it. Like, you kind of feel sorry for the ones that happened just before COVID. The Winter Love Island, sure, they never got a chance to go around and tour places. No, and, and also, <laughs> absolutely. And on the back of this now, right, if they're not allowed have their social media, like their social media account is suspended and say the ones that are knocked out early that you can never remember, so they're hardly going to benefit off anything now in terms of brands and stuff. Well, that is it. That is it. You know, like it just depends on how they get on for the first week. You know, if okay. they gain an, if they gain enough traction or enough followers, you know, it, 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 they could get something like ten grand a post or twenty grand a post. I know, so like the amount of money some of the Love Island people are making. Mm. If you look at that Tommy and um, and uh, Molly May, yes, they are worth millions, millions now. And now yeah. Molly May is pregnant, so oh, she's so in a brand new world <laughs> of mammies and yeah. daddies and all. Oh, they're in such a brand new world over that. So there, there is money to be made. Like the only thing is, you know, which you would hope would be good is the trolling. If they're able yes. to, you know, conquer that, because there are vile people out there. There are. Oh, there really uh, are. And like I you said, being yours, I'd say you've you've experienced this yourself, Crossy, with the, you know oh, your own oh, accounts. Like you'd have to have I a got, thick skin. I got one last night. Um, so I was on the six o'clock show last night, and uh, someone tweeted me afterwards, uh, and we're, I'm literally just looking for it here now. But there, here is an at Crossy. Some weight on you now, lad. Stay oh. off the TV. Hashtag gym. Hashtag salad days. Oh, now, I, like, in fairness, this goes all, like I just go. I don't care. Like it, that type of crack doesn't bother me. But there are people who get really upset over, it, and it's mm. so sad. Like I have some friends, and they just post up a photograph, and some people will comment on it. I I do a thing on my TikTok where I go around Ireland looking at carvery dinners. Oh, I love like, that. I how, love when you do that. I follow that and the mouth to be watering off you. <laughs> how can you be offended by a carvery dinner? I don't know. Like, I don't know. And if you see some of the comments, and it's wild, I, I just think people think that they, you know, that once it's online, it's fair yeah. game. But it's actually, it's actually scary. And we're on the lower, 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 lower end. 
think of what happens on Love Island. You yeah. know, these impressionable, you know, girls and guys, they're 21, 22, 23. They've, you know, worked normal backgrounds. All of a sudden, they're on Love Island. They come out, they've got 100,000 followers. They've got people. And it, it, it's, it's sad when you see it. Like, there's a certain website out at the minute uh, in Ireland where they just slag off bloggers mm. and... And but they, like these people have kids. Yeah. Are they at home making the dinner, making a making a sandwich, and then they're sitting down and they're doing whatever, and the kids doing homework? Yeah. When you break it down like that, you're kind of going, Jesus, this is crazy. It is crazy, and that's where I do think you know that this duty of care that ITV have promised with regards to this is is only going to be a step in the right direction. Now you have done reality TV a little bit of reality TV oh, before. Oh God, yes. <laughs> would you be tempted now into the villa if you were single if you were single would you be tempted in there can you imagine who is that walrus over there by the pool (laughs) now the one thing I'd like is is that because um, Greg O'Shea from 6 o'clock show he was on it and uh, I was talking to him before about it and we were laughing they get everything's cleaned they get their meals cooked for them can you imagine living there in the sun? There'd be no carveries, though. That's all I'd be saying. That's, no. that's the, or chippers. That no. would be the one thing that I would I would miss. She'd probably lose a bit of weight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, definitely not Love Island. Jesus, definitely not. That, but you you will be tuning in like the rest of us on, on the 16th yeah. of January. Absolutely. Crossy, thank you so much for all of that uh, goss and inside track on Love Island. Yeah. Have a great day and we'll chat to you soon. See you later, bye. Thanks a million. Thomas Cross there. Interesting, interesting. All the idea, you know, the whole kind of brand uh, awareness and the brands jumping on board with this. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Lo- I mean, I'm very naive, aren't I? I did not know that Love Island was getting a cut of all that. Anyway, it is back on our screens the 16th of January on ITV. Tom Baxter and Better on LMFM's 11 to 1. Just going back to social media and social media use. This is interesting. I came across this this morning. It's new research and it's uh, very much done in association with teenagers. It says, um, so frequent habitual checking of social media, so kind of constant checking, has been linked now to brain development changes as adolescents grow, according to this uh, research. It was published uh, in uh, Pediatrics and they found that the adolescents' brains may become more sensitive when anticipating social rewards and punishments over time with frequent and increased social media usage. So, they're suggesting that uh, the children who grow up checking social media will become hypersensitive to feedback from their peers. This is according to this study. Uh, Eva Teltzer, she's from the University of North Carolina uh, in Chapel Heads, uh, part of this, said in a statement. So the scientists tracked 170 students that were recruited from all over kind of public and middle schools in rural North Carolina over sort of a period of three years. And uh, they tracked at the beginning of the study how often they check social media sites. So, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, that kind of thing, uh, varying from length, less than once to more than 20 times a day. So that was kind of in the beginning. And then they kind of went underwent yearly brain imaging sessions to kind of see, you know, what's this how is this impacting on them? So there's a social incentive delay task that measures brain activity when anticipating social feedback from peers. Increased sensitivity to social feedback as well uh, on this test. And they're saying that may promote future compulsive social media use. Now, I myself found in my own life that I 
would be a bit of a social media, compulsive social media user in the sense that, you know, this just like you get sucked into the constant scrolling around and you're like, oh my God, I've wasted an hour. What have I done? So over Christmas, I decided I finished up here in the show on the 21st of December, posted on Instagram for the last time. I actually deleted the apps from my phone completely which was extremely annoying when I was trying to remember my passwords and I was getting them back again. Now, I logged back into it, say, what was it, on the 1st of January, around that kind of time. And I can see it again already. It's this like, you know, constant, like the phone is in the hand, the scrolling. It's, you know, so imagine what it is doing to teenagers. I'm not surprised by any of this. And I do really think that a little bit of a detox every now and again can do the world a good. But I do think it actually means completely deleting the apps from your phone for a couple of days because, you know, you're standing around, you know, even like things like, you know, I could be at the cooker at home waiting for things to cook or a boil or whatever. Oh, I'll get the phone. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, look, the thing's burned. I mean, <laughs> so if that's happening to me, no no, no doubt it, it has a big impact on, on teenagers as well. But it is, it's very tricky, isn't it? Trying to get the phone away from them and getting them off it. You don't want to be the big bad wolf that's telling them they can't go on everything that their friends are on. But... It just goes to show you this research is ongoing and, uh, you know, they say most teenagers are using technology and social media at the most important periods for brain development in our lifetime, they're saying. So the research that they've done demonstrates that checking behaviours in social media could have long standing and important consequences for teenagers for their neural development, uh, which is critical for parents and policymakers to consider when understanding the benefits and also potential harms. So there you go. They're putting it out there for us as parents to kind of maybe take control a little bit but you know easier said than done I know L-M-F-M. Oh yeah brace yourself a new show that might be about to bring us the next Basil Fawlty is in the works producers are creating a programme that essentially send, searches for the country's best hotel managers but that means that they're going to be uncovering some of the worst and as you know great TV they're going to be looking for the worst aren't they and we know they're out there because apparently I I actually didn't know this but apparently John Cleese who famously played Faulty in the classic BBC sitcom actually based the character on a real life hotelier yeah he says uh, uh, this this, uh, basically in the 70s himself and the Monty Python uh, stars, uh, they stayed at a certain hotel, I'm just going to say, and they encountered a man uh, with a unique brand of hospitality. Uh, And they basically said, uh, he told Terry Gilliam his table manners were too American. Uh, He also placed Eric Idle's ticking suitcase in the garden behind a wall because he suspected it might have contained a bomb. It was, in fact, only an alarm clock. Uh, But this... So this is where the iconic um, series came from. Uh, this programme, though, this new programme has the working title of Hotel Boss and will put wannabe winners through their paces with a series of challenges to see if they can deliver five-star service to some tricky customers. Some will appear triumphant while others will absolutely fail miserably. Either way, it's going to be great entertainment. Uh, now, it's going to be, I think... Um, Basically, a, a bit of a bidding war, I think, uh, for ITV and Channel 4 because the production company is South Shore. So they've made things like, you know, Cooking with the Stars uh, as well as uh, George Clark's Flipping Fast. So they're going to be filling the, filming the pilot and there's likely going to be a bit of a bidding war between the two TV channels. But I am all up for that. Do you remember we did something similar here? Was it called Falcher Towers or something? Something like that. And I think it was shot in Castle Bellingham. Oh, come on, bring back that. That was great TV as well. 
Phil Collins closing out the show today. Thank you so much for your company as always and thank you to the guests on the show today. News at one is on the way and Jerry Kelly after that. Have a great day. Eleven to one with Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms to see the amazing range of Mercedes Benz cars, or choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. L-M-F-M. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.